everybody, welcome to the Geek Generation. I'm your host, Rob Logan, joined in the studio by Mike Volby. I'm here. And Anna. Hello. And Paulo. Hi. Hi, Paul. <laughs> How are you? Hi. Uh, you everybody, this is Paul. Hi. Paul, this is everybody. Hi, everybody. My name is Paul, and I'm a geek. <laughs> This is like an AA meeting for geeks. This is where we can all just out ourselves. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of being geeks, let's get right into our geek outs. Yay! Transitions are fun. Mike hmm. Volpe. Ah, all right. So I saw the the Peanuts movie. Uh huh. I'm that's excited. A geek, to that's see a geek it. out. That's yeah. exciting. It, it looks was good. good. It looks really good. Yes, they. I was concerned. I was like, oh god, they're gonna do. do we, we've destroyed everything. We destroyed the Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. The Muppets aren't going well. Right now, you're gonna destroy Charlie Brown, you motherfuckers. And uh, <laughs> they did not destroy Charlie Brown. Yes. They actually did a really good job, and I very strongly recommend that you see it. Nice. I was more concerned about the way the movie was made with the uh, the animation style mm-hmm. because you're so used to seeing Charlie Brown just drawn out rather than I guess computer animated, mm-hmm. but it worked. It worked enough. Like, it doesn't destroy the movie. I've heard that it still feels flat, even though they're 3D rendered. Yeah. Um, But the characters are all true to what they're supposed to be. They didn't try to change anything, Mm -hmm. because there's really nothing broken that needs to be changed. Very well done. Like, I'm excited. I hope they do more of them. Totally and everything. It just, it feels like a Peanuts movie. It does. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It is right on point with what it should be. Nice. And it moves along very quickly. There's plenty of laughs. There's enough, you know, adult little inside things here and there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most Peanuts things we see are not this long either. So that was another concern I had. Yeah, most of the specials were what, like 20 something minutes? Yeah, they're not super long. Occasionally you'd get the hour and something. Mm Mm-hmm animated movie that so this but wasn't like too much it no not at all and everything yeah because they're bouncing there's a couple there's a story going on with snoopy okay where he keeps daydreaming and it shoots to that and then it comes back to the main story with charlie brown cool so it splits it up enough that nice. they can tell two stories within one movie hmm. and it's very well done nice yeah did I'm you happen to see that? the today show promotion for the peanuts movie no Uh-oh. i didn't <laughs> all of the today show hosts get dressed up as charlie brown characters but because they did like the they did makeup for all of them mm. and it was real life and it was horrifying oh, no. <laughs> like it was like a horror oh, movie they're just all kind of dancing you know like the peanuts characters and carson daly as i think he was pig pen was just the most oh. disturbing thing I've ever oh, seen. No. Like if you just rescored it with like a horror, like a <laughs> like a background of horror music, like it would be like the scariest movie of the year. Yeah. Like, ooh. <laughs> oh wow. my god. Uh that's it for Volpe though, right? Um, well, kind of. I yeah. got some stuff going on at the gym. Oh yeah, yeah. I mentioned. Um, so I'm going to expand again. Okay, cool. So the other half of the building has become available. So I'm not going to take the whole thing, mm-hmm. but I'm going to add like. Trying to add somewhere between 1,500 and another 2,000 square feet, which mm-hmm. is enough space, I think, although my floor plans are not working out, so I might need more. Mm-hmm. But I like, I walked in my gym and I'm just like, I don't, I don't like this place. I don't like what I did with the colors. I don't like the oh, layout. No. Like, this is not my vision. I don't know how this, I let somebody else like pick the colors because she was an interior designer and I was like, so I'm like getting excited again because I'm like, all right, this wasn't my vision. Mm-hmm. It's time to just change everything and reformat everything from like almost like a re. I'm gonna reboot. Oh, <laughs> rebooting my business, which yeah. unfortunately is going to cost quite a bit too. But yeah. I think at the end of the day, it's going to just 
push the business where it needs to go mm-hmm. so that I can actually step away to do things like go to San Diego and like get away for days at a time and not have to worry as much mm-hmm. and not have to be there as much. But I'm going to, you know, we're going to put turf in. We're going to do a lot of athletic training, try to get the high schools involved. Nice. And I'm going to create like a woman's only training zone. That's not like wimpy, like serious equipment mm-hmm. in there for the girls. Because that's the biggest complaint. Women get intimidated working out around guys. Even though your gym is very female-centric anyway. It is, but they still get intimidated. So to create a a space for them, for athletic training, add more equipment, and just make the gym bigger is what I need to do. So Mm -hmm. at this time, still finalizing the new lease agreement and sending that to my lawyer whose head's going to (laughs) spin. But it's what you got to do. I'm I'm excited because it's like, all right, I'm going to – I feel like I'm taking – back my gym i don't know how i lost control of it but i feel like i did (laughs) and i'm like i'm taking this back and i'm gonna do it exactly the way it was i should have done it from day one so two years of learning and now i'm gonna redo everything from the ground up boobs everywhere yes (laughs) (laughs) which is why we have to get more pictures done and blow those up (laughs) i have no problem with that we can do more pictures yeah yeah uh anna so many televisions i don't watch tv and all of a sudden, I'm finding myself, like, so excited about TV. Mm. The Walking Dead, obviously. But that was, like, always kind of the only thing I watched. Mm-hmm. And then I'm so pumped because Jessica Jones came out yesterday. Yes. Um, Haven't watched anything except for the pilot that we watched in New York Comic Con. But yes. I'm excited to get started on it. Uh, I've been watching Supergirl, which I like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, It's so reminiscent of Lois and Clark. It is. Like, it's it so is. cute and fun and still got some action. And it's a little hokey, but I like that I about still it. like it, but I'm on the fence about it because there are so many things that I don't like about it as much as there are things that I do like about it. The only thing that I, I don't even know, it's not even a complaint, but the only thing that I'm on the fence about is their decision so far to have like a different villain per, it's very episodic. It's monster of the week. Yeah. It's a typical first season thing to do. Right. Exactly. Which is why it's not a real hard complaint. Right. I hate the whole secret government aspect. It doesn't, Yeah. Those like, hey, everybody, just call her Miss Danvers. They're just going to throw the secret identity right the frig out the window. That bothers the crap out of me. I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. I don't even understand what you're talking oh, about. Oh, everyone, <laughs> everyone calls her Miss Danvers instead of Supergirl in the government agency. So? <laughs> That's her but they're like identity under- name. Yeah, but they're like underground, <laughs> so they're not sharing that with the outside world. Yeah, but they leave that place they don't stay there they have yeah but they don't call her that they don't call her that outside though they call her that when they're at the base yeah right so what's the problem there's too many people there that know her identity yeah but they're all working for the agency yeah but i don't know that doesn't it's just too much there's too many variables in the equation well the identity thing with superman has always been a suspension of disbelief right right it's so hokey that that's you can go yeah no nobody will share that information it's fine like you can't get too realistic about it because and i like her but she's a little too naive i think that gives her room to grow though i think that's where you're gonna that's where you're gonna see like a huge difference between season one it's good for a character arc but it's not realistic for her character but that's what I love about the show because it's not realistic. It's the first DC thing we've seen that isn't dark and shitty. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, you I'm haven't like, watched The Flash then. No, no, I haven't. But um, but I'm really liking that, and I'm super excited for the Shannara Chronicles. It's mm. getting closer every day, and I watched um Into and the Badlands, which we're going to talk about a little mm. bit later. Shannara's debuting the same day as season two of uh, Agent Carter as well. 
So that's going to be a double fun day. It's just like for the first time in probably 20 years, I'm like excited about television and I have things in a library waiting for me to watch. And yeah. I'm still watching Dexter, too. So it's just like everything's amazing right now. <laughs> everything is awesome. Uh, yeah, everything is <laughs> no. awesome. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I'm, Paul's and having PTSD. <laughs> <on> that song. <laughs> but it's just really cool because it was a long time where I'd just be like flipping through the channels and shut the TV off and mm-hmm. go do that, you know. It's like what the you know whatever. So it's just it's a really good time for TV and it's sure. really mm-hmm. exciting. Okay, Paulo, um, we got a few things. Uh, it's the fall anime season, so there's a whole bunch of stuff that you probably should be watching if you watch anime. Please um, educate us because the three of us are ignorant to these things you watch. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's so many this fall. It seems like there's like way too many this fall, but there are two in particular that if you know you watch and you're interested in, then that you definitely should be watching. Uh, the first one is, uh, is the second season of, uh, anime that started last year. It's called Noragami Aragoto. It's, uh, it centers around like a lesser god in Japanese, in, in Japanese culture, there's deities for everything, mm-hmm. basically good fortune, bad fortune, everything. And there are greater gods and lesser gods. This centers around a lesser god who is basically like a street hustler. Like he does anything for money. <laughs> that is a lesser God. Yeah. yeah, basically. Like he's like the bottom of the pile. But I mean, <laughs> he's also like a, what they call a God of calamity. So he kind of just does whatever he wants. He doesn't operate within a set of rules, but he's a good guy at his heart. And, um, this, this is, like I said, it's the second season of the series. I mean, it goes into a story arc that they didn't explore in the first season. And it's, it's moving really fast. Like in the first three episodes, like major people die. Mm. Like it's, it's moving so fast. You wonder where the series is going. Mm-hmm. But like this past week, the episode kind of discussed who the bigger bad is. Um, I mean, the, the, the first season was great. I mean, if you can catch it on crunch, I think it's on Crunchyroll. If you can catch it on Crunchyroll, watch it there. If not, you know, there are other ways, the internet. Um, right. so mm-hmm. definitely check that one out. But the one I am most excited about and the one I think the internet is the most excited about is a series called One Punch Man. Um, this is from Madhouse. Those words I understand. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, this is from Madhouse, which is the studio that did a whole bunch of other series Mm -hmm. that a lot of people in America know. It centers around a superhero who is a hero part-time for fun. Um, let me explain, (laughs) let me explain that. So in this universe, being, being a hero is a job. Like it can be your profession. Mm. And this guy who used to be just like an old, like office worker, one day decides after defeating his first supervillain that he wants to be a hero. So for three years, all he does is push-ups, crunches, and squats. (laughs) (laughs) That's all you got to do. He loses all of his hair, and he becomes uh, what is conceivably the most powerful hero in the world. But nobody knows who he is. And the reason is because he's a superhero part-time for fun. Basically, if anything catches his interest, it has to be powerful. And there's nothing more powerful than him. And so it kind of takes the Superman trope, turns it on his head and makes it so that like Superman had weaknesses. This guy has no weaknesses. Mm -hmm. He can defeat anything in the world with one punch. And that's why being a superhero is so lackluster to him. It doesn't make any sense for him to go out and save the world because he's already the strongest person in the world. Like he has nothing to prove. It's Goku. (laughs) It's Goku. But like there's a lot of like weird things on Reddit that I've seen about like he's like Goku because he's really dumb. Uh huh. He's kind of lazy okay he's searching for the most powerful opponent 
but his hair he has no hair he's bald yeah and which in japan in, in anime like if you're powerful you've got like crazy hair right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this but then these people the, the people that made the series were like what if we just made him bald he's go krillin basically <laughs> and so like it, it it explores a lot of like the what ifs of superhero dumb like mm-hmm. you know what if there was a government agency that controlled superheroes what if superheroes were ranked like, what if you got paid by your rank? How would, oh that, God. How would that affect you being a superhero? And, like, it sounds kind of odd, but, like, the first episode, like, with the art style, the uh, the humor that they inject into it, the whole premise of the story, especially given, like, the atmosphere mm-hmm. of, like, you know, superhero shows in general, like, everybody that watched the first episode was like, this is awesome. I'm going to keep watching this episode or keep watching this series. So um, it's still going on. I think it's in the seventh week so far and it's pretty good so if you're gonna watch an anime this season i suggest that you watch one punch man because it is great so is this <clears throat> sounds is interesting. it dubbed over into english or are there subtitles how does that work um there are subtitles right now uh when there's a dvd and blu-ray release there will be a oh, dubbed okay. version i like the. i love this concept like the concept yeah. yeah the concept of the series is definitely different from what other shows have tried to do because everybody takes the superhero so seriously, but what if she made the most powerful superhero, not so serious kind of right. thing, you know, like it turns the idea on its head. And that's why I think people are really falling in love with it. Hmm. Um, let's see. And, uh, my third geek out is, uh, fallout four uh-huh. just came out. I know Rob is still <laughs> not playing new Vegas. <laughs> no, right. no, I'm going to skip right over it. Right, go to Paul. fallout four. Yeah. Convince me I need an Xbox One. Go. Oh, I mean, uh, th- th- that's actually one of my freakouts the, oh. the, that will convince you to buy. There are so many games right now, but Fallout 4 is uh, if you are an addictive personality that falls into the trap of having to fully complete everything to 100%. Fallout 4 will ruin your life. Uh-oh, Rob's Yay! <laughs> Fallout 4 does everything that the previous series did, but just to the next level. God, I played the third one forever. Like, one of the best things that I, I mean, I've only played like maybe three hours so far. Uh, there are like, it takes place in post-apocalyptic Boston. Mm-hmm. You can, like, I tried walking my commute and at least part of my commute is there. That's cool. Like walking from wow. the Park wow. Street T-stop to like my office like it was like part of it is actually there like i was like holy shit like this is a building that actually exists this is a building to work after the apocalypse yeah and it's so weird and like uh i mean everything from like like gathering items you know how in the other fallouts like you just walk around open cabinets and take things you do that obsessively because i mean there you know you build guns and you build stuff and it's just there are other games to play, so I haven't gotten too deep into it yet. But I think Fallout 4 is a pretty good argument for getting an Xbox One and just for getting the game in general, just because there's so much to it. Uh, there, there are Fallout 4 mods already, mm-hmm. oh, no which are doubt. available. Yeah. Uh, one of them is How a... How is that possible? <laughs> people are crazy. Yeah, Jeez. people, people, I mean, people have gotten through a lot, a big chunk of the game in a short amount of time. And have, uh, you know, been able to create mods for the game. One of the game's, uh, weapons is like a, it's like a mini nuke launcher. Mm-hmm. I don't have it yet, <laughs> but I've seen it. Have you seen it? No, but well, I've seen images of it. Yeah. Yeah. So it launched, like the mod makes the projectile a teddy bear. <laughs> <laughs> so and it's a teddy bear nuke. Like kind of like a teddy bear nuke. Love it. 
and you launch the teddy bear, and as you launch the teddy bear, it says, and his name is John Cena! <laughs> no, oh my yeah, god. It, is. it is incredible. <laughs> like, if you, like, it's like, it's not even like a, like a single load type of, like, it can yeah. just fire constantly. So if you just keep firing it constantly, it's like, it's John Cena! Like, it just does that. Like, it's so amazing. Like, I don't have the mod, because I didn't, I'm not savvy enough to put it onto my Xbox, but I'm sure if you were playing Fallout 4 on, like, Steam or something, mm. Or on your PC, then it'd be easy to do. But, oh man! Oh, like the game is there's so much there, and definitely an argument for buying an Xbox One for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my final geek out is uh, Star Wars Battlefront, the first Star Wars game in a long time that has not sucked. Oh. Um, it's actually not it's bad. Um, it's from Dice, the developers that made Battlefield. Mm-hmm. And um, I will say this: the single-player campaign is almost non-existent. Oh, um, that kind of sucks. There are missions that you can do, and it's like, I mean, it's they they kind of test your skill to a certain degree. But because the shooter is not as precise as like a Call of Duty or mm-hmm. a Destiny or something, like the skill element is not necessarily what's important. What's important is you in- enjoying the atmospheres, the environments. Uh, like the cooperative play. So that's why the multiplayer is way better. Like you can play as either Empire or Rebel. You know, you have all the classic environments. You have Endor, uh, Hoth. I've only played on Endor and Hoth so far, but there are other, like there's a map that's just like a, a new unique environment that they created for the game. And, you know, all the weapons are there. All like, you can be like a stormtrooper or, you know, Rebel Alliance. You can choose all the different races. One of the cool things is that there are a ton of different game modes that come straight with the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is Walker Assault. So you, uh, as Empire, you start with a huge advantage. All you have to do is get your, your add out Walker from one point A to point B. Mm-hmm. But as, so in that particular instance, as a rebel, you are at a disadvantage because you start at a disadvantage because basically you, you have to take down this giant Walker right, that has right. tons of health. And it's not like, uh, the movies where you have like a, man, a magnetic grappling hook that you can wrap around the legs and sure. it'll trip and fall over. You actually have to do damage to it. And all the while, it's, it's a 20 on 20 combat zone. So wow. you're fighting other people while trying to take down the walker. So it's like a mixed sort of player versus player and a player versus objective mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and there were other game modes as well, different pickups on the battlefield, like rocket launchers, but I think like rocket launchers, different types of guns. Uh, but, I think the most fun one that everybody uh, likes the most is the hero pickup. So if you get a hero pickup and you activate it, you can become one of like the major characters from the franchise. So if you're on Empire, you can become Darth Vader, Boba Fett. I think that's it, Darth Vader and Boba Fett. And if you're on Rebel side, you can be Luke, Leia, Han. There, there, there are other ones too that I think are coming with later patches, but the hero pickup is kind of the reason why people play because you get to be the character. Sure, sure. And uh, one of the game was I actually found today while I was playing during my son's nap was uh, it's the it's the aerial combat version. So you basically play as either an X wing or an A wing, cool. If you're a rebel or a Tie fighter or Tie interceptor as a Empire, and the hero pickup in that lets you become Slave One. Or oh, the Millennium damn. Falcon. Damn. And it's so it like flying as Slave One or the Millennium Falcon is super fun. It's just like, and you have like tons of health, so you never die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all you do is just shoot down people for the, it's so much fun. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, the game can definitely use some touch, touching up, but I mean, it just came out. So, right. Right. Um, future patches will definitely fix the problems, I think. But 
if you're not into multiplayer, this probably isn't the game for you. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's a huge element of it. So, But it is fun. I will say that. Cool. That's it. All right. Uh, my first geek out probably seems like a weird one because it's Joe's Crab Shack, and I don't like crab <laughs> or seafood that much. Uh, but And this is not a place I've been to. It's more about an announcement that the chain made. Joe's Crab Shack is becoming the first national full-service chain to eliminate tipping. Ooh, very nice. Yes, opting instead for uh, paying its employees higher wages. They're going from a tipped minimum wage of two thirteen. I repeat, two dollars and thirteen cents. Yep. To at least fourteen dollars an hour. Menu prices are being adjusted slightly to account for the higher wages but are mm. typically less than the average 20% service tip, so you're still saving money. It's currently a year-long trial that is being conducted in 18 locations, and then if it works successfully, they will roll it out to more and more restaurants until they're all like that. That's awesome. I think it's a great thing to start doing. I think the tipping system is so archaic, and it mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense whatsoever, and more people get screwed over by it than not. It adds an element to going out with your friends to dinner that causes unnecessary... Math. Stress and math <laughs> and even like resentment towards each other at times. Cause somebody always pays way less. And than it seems else. like, yeah, no matter how much money you throw in, yeah. you're, you're like always short 20 Somehow bucks. everyone's over 10 bucks of what they think they <laughs> mm-hmm. owe and we're still short. Well, like, what's, what's really scary too is like you just had to repeat yourself. They're like, I repeat $2. People don't realize that's what they get an hour. Yeah. They're like, why do I have to tip? Like, Fuck them. You know, they didn't, uh, my steak was cold. It's like, Minimum no, these people are working. Apply. No, these people are working for $2 an hour. Like you are paying their wage. And mm-hmm. it's sad how many people don't know that. Yeah. I know that because I have family that have worked as waitresses, but I wouldn't know that. I thought the minimum wage was the minimum wage. Right. So like you said, it's completely archaic. It's stupid. And it's irritating, you know, because my sister would come home from work and be like, some old curmudgeony asshole decided not to tip me like mm-hmm. and they don't i don't even think the old curmudgeonly asshole even knew what he was you know what i mean they think that it's a their right not to do it sure and it's really not so i i really commend them for taking this step even if it it's is great. just a trial to start with and only a few locations to start with it's a step in the right direction yeah and a lot and of I, countries in europe do it yeah i yeah. really hope other restaurants follow suit the fact that entire other countries do it like have don't have a tipping system mm-hmm is the counter argument to saying that this is going to somehow ruin like small business owners because I've been to other countries that have small business restaurants that don't, you know, do tips and that just pay their employees a fair wage. And it, they, they some of them have been there for 75 years, yep. you know, they've yep. been there forever. Like you it's, just have to do the math. Like Rob said, do a, you know, build it into the price of the food. So the customer is still getting a good deal. Mm-hmm. If your bill is the same at the end of the day, how do you, why do you care who gets it? You know what I mean? Exactly. Or how it, how it arrives at wherever it's going. Who cares? Yeah. Only thing it might do is make waitresses into assholes. That's the only thing it might do. But then they might also lose their jobs. Hopefully. You'd you'd hope so. Except there's a lot of, you know, unfair work. Oh, that's not, you know, you're not firing me because I'm a jerk. You're firing me because I have funny hair color. You know what I mean? Like, but I don't think that would happen. I'm just saying that that's maybe an argument. Yeah, of course. Uh, the Carbonite mobile app. Is my next ego. I've talked about Carbonite on the show Mm -hmm. before. I absolutely love Carbonite for people that don't know. It is, uh, it's like 60 bucks a year and it is unlimited online backup. You choose which folders on your computer you want to back up. They sync up with the cloud. I have like 700 gigs 
backed up through Carbonite. Wow. It's ridiculous. But the mobile app has come in handy for me because I've been like off to a place where I'm filling out something for a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have all the information that you have to put into your application. I don't know all that stuff off the top of my head a lot of the times, like my entire work history and stuff like that. And if I don't want to go home and fill it out and bring it back, I load up my Carbonite app. You have access to all your backed up files anywhere. So I have really? access from my phone to 700 gigs of information stored in the cloud. So I go into my folder that keeps all my information with my job history and my resume details. And I pulled that up and filled it out right on the spot. And mm. boom, boom, boom. Love it. And I've used it more than once to get out of a jam of like, I just needed a certain thing yeah. with me. And I can pull it up easily, no problem. Yeah, that's uh, I've I've run into other people during the course of working that have used Carbonite mm-hmm. because it's so convenient and it's unlimited. Yep. And having being able to pull something from like two years ago, like on the spot, is mm-hmm. very convenient. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, it makes you look like a better professional. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, you need that thing? I got it. Instead of, oh, let me get back to you three days from now. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And this is not a paid advertisement for Carbonite. I'll just say that I, <laughs> they don't pay me anything to say I'm just a legitimate fan of the service. I know they're a popular mm. podcast sponsor. They are not sponsoring are really? this episode. They are. You, you hear them on a lot yeah. of radio shows and podcasts and stuff. I'm just a legitimate fan of the service. It is solid. I highly recommend people use it because, and it's, I think it's part of their slogan is, do it now before you lose all your data yeah. and go, Oh, I'll do it on the next one. Like, don't mm-hmm. take that risk. It's 60 bucks a year. That's nothing. Yeah. There have been a few times where I've deleted files that I needed, like my membership agreement yep. contracts yep. were just <laughs> not on my computer anymore. And I was like, Oh shit. But I was able to just log in, type in the name of the file, yep. and then it downloaded right back to my yep. computer. And they even save iterations. Like, they save there going, three versions of every this file. Whole thing. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Mm. But if they did want to sponsor the Geek Generator. Oh, I'd highly be open to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 100% open. Um, my next one is mobile depositing. I don't know if this is something you guys have done before. It's amazing. It's Best really thing good. Ever. It's what something. My, you don't have to go to the bank anymore. No, my bank just recently <laughs> implemented this. Uh, I don't think, at least my bank in particular, doesn't do it for business accounts, but they do do it for personal accounts. Basically, what happens is any check you get, you just write for deposit only on the back. Yeah. Uh, I, I pull up the app for my bank. I take a picture of the front. I take a picture of the back. I type in how much that check is for. And that's my deposit. I don't have to go to the bank. Don't it's need to wonderful. go to the bank. What happens to the actual check? It's the check? best thing ever. I keep it. Yeah, I wait till it goes in and then I shred it. But, but it's, they're all digitally saved there and everything. Yep. And yeah, I mean, it is so it's always irritated the crap out of me. Bank hours are horrible. They I'm are. at work. I can't leave work. So when am I going to go to the bank? Oh, Friday night when everybody else goes to the bank. Yeah. So this is like saved. I don't go there anymore. No, it's, it's amazing. Wonderful. It yep. is so wonderful. <sighs> so much time saved. Best thing ever. I love it. So check and see if your bank has it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> My next geek out is the Flash. I am so happy with the Flash right now. They are doing things that I never thought I would see in live action. Mm. Like, you see this stuff in the Justice League cartoons, but they're doing things that are unbelievable. And uh, we talked about it a little bit on last episode, but they had Gorilla Grodd in the mm. first season, which already was like they're doing a giant CGI gorilla, a telepathic CGI gorilla on live action TV, on a TV budget, 
and it looks good and yeah. they're making it work and they brought Grodd back again recently and it worked again. Then they finish an episode off by showing us Gorilla City. <laughs> and I'm like, what? They, they had a different kind of origin for Grodd and then they, they flipped us over to Earth too. Yeah, that's the other thing. They're doing the multiverse. Like, I'm going to keep saying things that you're just like, holy crap, they're doing, like, you guys might not be that familiar with this stuff, but these concepts are so, like, out there for non-comic book fans that the fact that they're doing them on the highest rated show the CW has ever had is insane. No fucks given. None. They're just like, screw it, we're doing it. Yeah. Like on Smallville, that's cool. On Smallville, we saw Mister Mixius Pitalek mm-hmm. as like a Russian teenager that had like some weird, yeah, mindy powers. That's what their version of that character was. On the Flash, they did King Shark. They did King Shark. Yeah. It's a half man, half shark. He looks like a humanoid shark. Remember that Is cartoon with like the. The, the the street shark. Yes, yeah, street he shark. looks like a street shark no, he character, really. he and does. he was like three or four stories tall. Granted, he was only on screen pretty briefly because they just like threw him in. But yeah. we saw King Shark with no alterations whatsoever. And we can't get a bright blue suit for Superman, this right? It, now I understand what you were talking about. Yeah, it's, it was unbelievable. Like, we saw they're not shying away from costumes at all. They're mm-hmm. not like, oh, let's make it realistic. We saw Dr. Light in full costume. Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy. And I couldn't be happier with it. They're like, the Flash is just plain fun. And for a comic book fan, like, even if you're not a fan of that particular mm-hmm. source material and you're a fan of like what comic books do, the Flash is the show to watch. I think The Flash is the best superhero show on TV. Yeah. There's quite a few. Yeah, They've it is. It. They nailed it. It is, because I'm always excited. It's better than Arrow, too. Yeah. Like, I'm always excited yeah. to watch The Flash. And Flash was a spinoff of Arrow? It was. Yeah. So yeah. the spinoff is better than the totally. From. Yeah. Although it's, he's his own material, but... It's, it's just fun, and it's accurate, cool. and... Oh, I love it. Really good show. Yeah, the fact that they, they had King Shark in the show, like... I don't like I I haven't been keeping 100% up to speed but yeah. I mean there were, there are times where I see like people post things on social media mm-hmm. or like I catch up eventually yeah. and I'm like 2 weeks late you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm like whoa like what is that like yeah. what, how do they make that work especially in an atmosphere where like everything has to be so realistic and gritty mm-hmm. and down to earth like to have like a giant shark man yeah a street shark in real life like that was i was watching and my, like my jaw legitimately dropped and i was just in awe and i was like that wait <laughs> that that's king shark like yeah it's a, that's a four-story king shark on live television like not live live action television right, yeah. i was blown away it's so crazy to think about Ah, oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think I've seen I Rob smile this much in like yeah. five years. Like, I don't give a fuck about King Shark. I give a fuck that King Shark is on a live action television yeah. series. It's so crazy. But I, I love that they're being that bold with it. Uh, my last geek out is a show that came out uh, about a week ago for those listening. Mm. As of this recording, I am four episodes into Jessica Jones, and I'm so happy with it. Are the other three as good as the first one? Yes. Yes, I'm so excited. It's it's such a good show. I'm so excited. This this Marvel Netflix series is just unbelievably good. It's 
in the the vein of Daredevil, but Jessica's a different character, so there's more of the noir feel that we saw in the pilot, and it's a little darker, not necessarily in presentation, but in subject matter, because there's just that history between the Purple Man and Jessica that makes this whole craziness going on. Luke Cage is awesome in the series. He was so well cast. I'm so happy with him. It almost feels like it's a Jessica slash Luke Cage series that's focused on Jessica. And I feel like the Luke Cage series will be more of the same. Like she's going to have to be a big part of it. Right. But from just the first four episodes, it's fucking great. It's so good. I have no concept of the character at all. You don't even have to. You don't have to at all. Not at all. All I knew was like Marvel. So it's like, all right, let's go to the panel because there's going to be Daredevil stuff, which I love that show. And then the first episode, I was actually, I think I said to you, I'm like, what, you know, maybe we can take off. Like, yeah, because it's going to be a long, it's like an hour. Yeah. So I, it sucked me in and it kept me there knowing absolutely nothing about her. Yeah. It was awesome. It was that good. It's probably the most like, and we saw Daredevil and Daredevil got bloody at times, but Jessica Jones is probably the most risque thing Marvel has ever yeah, created. Yeah. It's like a hard R. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. As far as not, I mean, like the sexuality, not nudity. Right. Sorry, but like, Colby, but, but still graphic. Yeah. Still graphic. <laughs> Yeah, there's... sometimes it's more graphic, like than just tits. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like right. what that what happened in that show was like, okay, not watching this with my sisters. Yeah, it's yeah. intense. Yeah, but it's it's so well done. Yeah, I know. Like I haven't really watched it at all because I mean, so much stuff. Yes, I, I read that like Luke Cage takes his shirt off like at least twenty times in the first like however many episodes or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's okay. He's a chiseled individual. (laughs) He has every reason to. He's a big dude. Yeah. Yep. All right. Those are my geek outs. So let's jump into the freak outs. Oh, freak out. Anna. Rhode Island Comic Con fail year two. (laughs) So if anybody remembers the episode from last year, I had a horrific experience trying to go to Rhode Island Comic Con. I actually never got out of the car last year. Mm. I got stuck in an epic traffic jam. It took me two years to drive one, I mean, two years. Two years. Two hours. Felt like two years. It did feel like two years. It took me two hours to drive a block. Mm-hmm. And then I went home. So this year was not quite as bad, but it was still pretty bad. So we got up really early and we're like, we're going to get there really early so that we can park. Um, I brought all my siblings, which there's five of us. So it's a lot of people and my little niece and my little nephew. And we all went in three cars, got to the Providence Place Mall, parked, found the line, stood in the line. Line moved really easily. Oh, by the way, we're all in costume. Sold out. Turn around, go home. So that sucked. For the second year in a row. Sold out. Sold out. Mm -hmm. And even they were shocked that it was sold out because it would like when we finally could actually see the door, there was a big sign like a like a marquee sign and it said Saturday sold out. And I like found a girl who was like running up trying to find people who had um, paid for signings Mm -hmm. because the line was moving so slowly that people who had paid for it were going to miss their signing. Right. So she was running down trying to find people and I stopped her real quick and I'm like, is it actually sold out or like sold out online or so? Or is like, I can really, do I have to go home? And she was actually a credit to the staff there was so helpful. She stopped what she was doing, Mm -hmm. walked me to the door and found out for me that it, yes, indeed, yeah. was sold out. 
which point we turned around and left. But it was like we, you know, I'm standing there with four adults and two children who just drove an hour Mm -hmm. and then stood in line for another hour. And like we had to go home like and it just sucked because we all worked really hard on our costumes. Like I was a Moogle. So I was dressed in white from head to toe and I had a pair of wings on and my sister was Maggie from The Walking Dead. So she had a bloodstained shirt and like messy. She looked great. Mm -hmm. Everybody looked great. My other sister was Harry Potter. My other sister was like a dragon lady. And um, and then we went to Friendly's in costume. (laughs) Like (laughs) nowhere near the con, though. So we just looked crazy. (laughs) Yeah. So I have to ask then if you're putting that much effort into the costumes and it's that far a drive why wait to buy tickets there i really really didn't think it was going to sell out because the building was twice as big as last year yeah and i was there was just no way i'm like if we get there when it opens mm-hmm. i'm just it didn't even occur to me and it was more expensive online because of all the fees it was yeah. so i was like i don't want to pay another like 15 dollars between shipping and fees I mean, and honestly, like Comic-Con is fun, but I don't know if for me, if it's like $55, $60 worth of fun. Mm -hmm. And then you have to go in and pay for your autographs, too. Sure. And I've discussed before, I'm like actually really hard up for money right now. So it was just kind of didn't seem practical to buy it and spend that much more money on it when I really, honest to God, did not think it was going to sell out. Because they added a whole new building. They did. You know what I mean? I'm like, how... Is that even possible? But it's gotten so crazy it's overblown. It's that popular. Yeah. yeah. It's, but it's the only local one. I mean, Boston's, for whatever reason, not Rhode that Islanders popular. Rhode Islanders are not going to drive to Boston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Boston, I believe. And I think you get probably Connecticut people, too. You know, it's mm-hmm. like an in-between. Mm-hmm. Like, Boston's so far on the coast yeah. for a lot of people, where this is, like, right between, like, New York, you know. Boston, and- I think, doesn't sell tickets at the door. I oh, think that's really? the big difference. They only have online sales. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All so right. there's no reason not to get them. Were there a lot right. of complaints anyway. about that? Like, I didn't see anything in the news. The fact that people it's being sold turned out. away. Well, people can complain, but at the same time. Yeah, well, I mean, I was more disappointed. Yeah, yeah I wasn't away. like angry at all. And I actually was like talking to my siblings because I'm like, how often do the five of us actually get to spend like half a day together? Sure. So we were all in the car together and we all waited in line mm-hmm. together. and We were like laughing and talking. And then we went to, you know, friendlies for lunch. So I was like, you know, at the end of the day, it wasn't the worst day of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, It did suck because we had put a lot of effort into our costumes. But it was just like, I can't believe this happened again. Yeah. Like, again. And next year, you know, everybody was like, oh, well, you'll prepay next year, right? And I'm like, it depends on the cost. Honestly, Friendly's like... Friendly's was far less expensive. Yeah. I mean, it, that's a lot. That's <laughs> just a lot of cream. money. Yeah. And it's gas, too. I mean, it takes yeah, a it half is. a tank of gas to drive to Providence sure. also. So it's just a really expensive endeavor. So... And then yeah. parking on top of it. Yeah. Well, yep. parking's like $2. Oh, okay. Yeah, it wasn't bad. All right. But I really wanted to meet um, Ming-Na Wen, who's mm-hmm. the voice of Mulan. So I didn't oh. get to do that, which I think it didn't sell out Sunday either. And everybody's like, it oh, didn't. just go tomorrow. And I'm like, Ming Saturday's Na- the only day it sold out. Yeah. yeah. Ming-Na Wen wasn't going to be there. Right. That's the only reason we didn't go Sunday is because okay. she wasn't going to be there Saturday. I mean, she wasn't going to be there Sunday. So we had to go Saturday. So it was just disappointing yeah. for two years. And now I'm like, I've got this costume. So I feel like that sense of like hanging. I'm like, I didn't get to like go. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. so I'm trying to find like, another con. It, it, and it's yeah. like, there aren't any because con season's over. Yeah. And so it's like, but I am going to improve my costume. So I'm really excited because I just wore all white. Mm-hmm. But next year I'm buying um, white footy pajamas. So I'm there actually, gonna, go. I'm going to be completely in white and there like fuzzy. <laughs> so I'm really excited about that. 
I have a way to fix at least two of your problems, wearing the costume and your money. Go rob a bank. <laughs> that would solve a lot of my problems, except for maybe the going to jail part. Well, it's no. only if you get caught. Yeah. The keys <laughs> to not get caught. I suppose. It's not like we record a plan on a... <laughs> Although now that you can deposit from your cell phone, there might not be any money at the bank. Right. This is true. Volpe? Uh, my freak out is about the flash on my phone. No. I don't have one anymore. <laughs> oh, my no. cam- Yep. The flash is just fried. And if I try to take a pic, like the flashlight is dead. Uh-huh. If I try to take a picture, there's no flash anymore. Oh, no. It just stopped working. So I looked it up and everybody said, just hard reboot the phone. So I did. And it worked once. And now if I try to take it, well, there's no flashlight even turns on. If I try to take a picture with the f- using the flash, it does this nasty dehydrated piss color little flash thing and then that's it i get nothing it's like the you know when the batteries in your flashlight Uh are pretty much dead and you just get that really yellowy yeah yeah that's what it's doing oh no i have no idea why so i can't even use the flashlight i can't even take a picture with the flash it's just dead that's uh no bueno Nope. Is that Thanks. something that they Thanks can repair? Like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I'm still in warranty. You know I've what? I've had though? the phone for more, well, almost a year, so maybe I am. The maybe. Well, you know what you should do is actually take it to the Apple store and have them look at it because they mm-hmm. diagnose for free. And I had a really old computer once that I brought in and then they diagnosed and they actually found out that there was a recall really? on it. So even though it was an old and it passed the warranty, they still fixed it for me because it was a recalled chip or part mm. or some something burned out in it that they replaced and they did it for free. So you should still bring yeah. it. I mean, it's not often that I have to use the flash, but it is annoying. There's a few times yeah. where I've been trying to use the flashlight and I'm like, please turn on nothing. Yeah. So I do have to go to uh, Providence Place Mall tomorrow. So they have a repair, Apple repair yeah. store there. So I'll see what they say. Although the wait for that is usually four days. <laughs> <laughs> they literally are just like, well, you come back tomorrow. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Yay. Besides that, I don't I don't know why, but two barbells in my gym have been broken in a week. What? Broken? Yeah, barbells. Like why? you know like when you see that iconic picture of a guy holding the barbell and it's bent and the yeah, weights yeah, are pointing yeah, yeah. down? Two of them. What? Not one, two. So broken. the Hulk goes to your gym. Nope. People are abusing it. People are just dropping the bars and slamming them so hard yeah. that they're breaking the bars. And these wow. aren't like cheap bars. These bars were meant to take on Five, six, seven, eight hundred pounds. Right, uh-huh. right. But they're just beating the shit out of them so bad. Like, are people doing like cleans on a bare floor? No, or? see, the cleans and stuff the bar can handle because the weight hits the ground, right. bounces. They're doing exercises where almost like a, a deadlift where you're picking it up off the ground, but right. instead they're doing it inside of a squat rack. Okay. So it's like a half the motion. So they get to the oh. top. And then they're letting the bar go. Like a rack and it, pull? Yeah. Exactly. And it's oh. crashing down into the rack, the arms yeah. on the rack. Yeah. And all that weight, that whatever it is, two, 200 pounds plus on each side are pulling down on the bar. Right, right, right. Okay. So I went in the other day. I walked through the door of the gym. I just heard this loud crash. And my first thought was, I think a mirror just broke. Please don't let me go back there and see somebody shattered a mirror because I'm going to shatter the face. <laughs> and... Because to me, it's like, this is my gym. It's like no different yeah. than if you walked in my house and kicked the lamp down. Like, I feel like that's what you've done when you destroyed my equipment right. that I bought. Like, you're destroying my stuff, which I don't know if that's the right mindset, but <laughs> it's my stuff. I bought it. Oh, yeah. So, it is your stuff. It's uh, not about a mindset. <laughs> I walk back there and, like, everything seems fine. And there's one kid squatting. And I go over to use the leg press. And I turn around and look. And the bar is just bending over his back. And, the, and he's, like, like, it's nothing. 
He's just going to keep squatting. And I'm like, the pins that hold the weight onto the bar are mm-hmm. not going to support this weight. Like, the plates are going to fall off, and it's going to yank him sideways into a wall. Yeah. Like, this is not going to end well. And I go over and I'm like, dude, you clearly broke the bar. Like, what, what are you doing? Put the bar down. Take the weights off. The mm-hmm. bar is dead. And he's just like, oh, well, I was just trying to squat. Yeah. Like, what there the are fuck? squat So I racks. literally, on Friday, spent $550 for two new bars. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Just 550 bucks out the window for two new bars. Yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm like, this is, like, what the, f- I don't know what is going on back there that they're yeah. just destroying shit. But two bars in one week is ridiculous. I think people, like, uh, well, one, I, I think I see the problem a lot is, like, people ego lifting Mm -hmm. so like Mm -hmm. they'll do squats and they'll like load up and they'll do they'll load up and they'll do like a quarter of it six (laughs) six quarter reps you know so they're just basically doing this they're just kind of bouncing up and down you know and that that doesn't help because then the weight's just bouncing on your track on your on your shoulders and that doesn't help and then like the rack pulls and stuff Mm -hmm. i mean i i can see the the physical benefit to a rack pull because i mean it's obviously a tested exercise that being said don't rack pull like fucking 700 pounds the issue is they can't control it on the way down yeah so instead of trying to control it down they just let go yeah which i blame crossfit because yeah. every video you watch of crossfit is just people bringing bars in the air and letting go yeah, yeah. And just dropping them yep. yeah and i'm like they just break shit yeah it's I, just driving me nuts half the time like i get it if you're fucking a diesel like 300 pound like six foot two power dude. lifter or something like i get it but maybe you should get your own equipment or go to like a crossfit gym and fuck their equipment up oh, by know? all means please do like i don't like sometimes the ego lifting i don't get yeah. it like you can have a good workout at lower weight and still mm-hmm. get the job done like well, the funny part is it's not the guys that are really big and really strong because yeah. they're always very respectful of the equipment it's the stupid ones that come mm-hmm. in who have no knowledge, mm-hmm. who are ego, literally just ego lifting. Right, They're just like, I'm right. going to put up as much as I can, and then they just start slamming like stuff. Like YouTube lifters, basically? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. All those bro science guys. Yeah. yeah. Our new our new Geek Generation motto, I blame CrossFit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime we talk about Whatever working Whatever it out, is. Yeah. It used to be The Undertaker's I blame streak CrossFit. being broken. Now yeah. it's like, now no. It's 21 and 1. Yeah. No, no, no. Ghostbusters reboot. I blame uh, CrossFit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> everything. Just everything. But. Yeah, so that's that. That sucks, dude. Yeah. Paulo. My first geek out, or a freak out, rather, is tied to a geek out. Um, I mentioned two games I was playing. There are too many games all coming out at once. <laughs> like, I swear, like, there's like this dry period where nothing comes out mm-hmm. and maybe a couple of successful indie titles get released on Steam or something. And then they just drop the hammer between like October and December. Yes, they Obviously, do. like capitalizing on like Christmas the holiday season. season. Yep. But like, I mean, and all the games that are out right now are shooters. Like, they're all shooters. Call of Duty, Destiny, Fallout. Star Wars, like I mean, they they're all first person shooters. Granted, they all have different elements that are that are attractive, mm-hmm. but I'm getting tired of shooting guns. Oh, you could get Tomb Raider. Uh, yeah, this oh. Tomb Raider too. And then you shoot bow and arrow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like there's so many games dropping at once. It's like one, the budget is unrealistic because at sixty dollars a game, mm-hmm. if you even want to have any hope of at least playing you know a couple of the titles you're already 120 bucks and then 50 dollars season passes for things like star wars for dlc and stuff like Uh, that dlc huh and then there's just the issue of time 
Like you never have enough time. Like I can jump into a game of Battlefront, but I mean, sometimes that game can last like 20, 30 minutes. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to have that much uninterrupted time, especially like, you know, if you work a full-time job or anything that lasts more than 15 minutes. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's hard to like establish time to do that in a game, especially in a game, because then there's, you can't say like, this is my job. Like, or I have to do this. You're not a Twitch streamer. (laughs) It's recreation, you know? It's like it's supposed to take my mind off of things. And so having too many games at once is fucking killing me. It's just like I can see how, like, as people get older, they they tend to prioritize and gaming falls to the wayside. Right. Because, it like, if there's too much to do and you feel like you're missing out on so much... Maybe you should focus, you know, concentrate your focus on something else. Right. Cause gaming is a huge time sink. Yeah. And comparatively. It, and like, you know, there, there are realistically other things you could be doing, like spending time with your family. Sure. Or, you know, like being a father. <laughs> <laughs> nah. But <you laughs> nah, know. and it's not going to be a father. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Um, and my second freak out is the fact that the indoor kids are on hiatus. Yeah. I'm bummed about that too. Yeah. Like I, I'm happy for Kumail and Emily because they have big things going on. Yeah. Obviously with uh kumail and everything that he's doing and with emily on the carmichael show but Mm -hmm. the indoor kids were such a consistent thing every monday it was like it was my go-to monday morning show yeah i never fell behind on the geek or not i never (laughs) fell behind the geek generation either that's right but i never fell behind on the indoor kids either because you know it was like every monday i knew that something was going to come out that I was going to listen to it either in the car or in the gym or whatever Mm -hmm. and like that having that that consistency and that voice in your ear every week, even like this past week, I was just like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, there's like that one thing that I'm missing from my Monday. And it's like, you want to be happy for the people because they, they're so busy and they're being successful to the the extent this has to, that this has to take a break. Right. But it's the thing that's taking a break is the thing that you're so closely tied to. I don't know. Sure, just, sure. It's tough to. It's like, the most intimate thing they produce. Yeah, you feel like you're you're in the living room, right? Or you're in the studio. Like, like I don't get to hang out with my friends for a while. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like you, like, you kind of don't know when they're coming back because mm-hmm. <laughs> part of you doesn't want them to come back because you want them to be successful. Right. Right. But part of you also wants them to fail because you want them to come back. There's a lot of selfishness in our argument here. Yeah, it's so like, uh, just I, I wish them all the best, but please come back soon. Yes, agreed. That's it. There was a Kotaku article oh, I wanted to talk about, too. Yeah. So um, right before we came out to record this, Kotaku published an article about how they've been blacklisted by two major gaming uh, studios, mm-hmm. namely... Bethesda and what was the other one? Bethesda and Ubisoft. Ubisoft, right. And ordinarily, I wouldn't really care so much about it, but the sort of editorial that Kotaku put out was it kind of pointed to, I think what they did was they, they dropped release, pre-release information, including pictures and like part, maybe rumor mill on like different releases from the companies. And as a result, that kind of got them blacklisted from like the mailing lists oh, and like geez. the press events and things of that nature. Like I was torn because it's like, you know, like gaming journalism should be like a free enterprise. Mm-hmm. If the information is out there, they should have the right to publish it. Sure. But it is politics, right? To a certain degree. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be in the game, you kind of have to play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't expect everybody to be on the same level as another company that's maybe more open or more understanding or accepting of, you know, pre-release information. Like 
I get the argument that he makes in the article. He says that, you know, like you can't expect everyone to be on the same plane or same level regarding privacy. Mm-hmm. If the information is out there, you know, we have the right to publish it. Yes. Our obligation is to our readers, not necessarily to the people in the industry. Totally. But to a certain degree, your your responsibility to the readers is contingent upon your relationship to the industry. Also agree. So play the game. But I mean, tread carefully, like I guess is the, the lesson, but I don't know if there's really a lesson because Kotaku's editorial was just kind of like, well, fine. Yeah. We don't care. Right. That, that also means that those companies are not going to get the attention that Kotaku would bring them. And that's a big company when it comes to games journalism. I mean, the whole Gawker Media family, when it comes to getting news to people, especially on like social media platforms, they're very successful. Yeah. And Kotaku has been very good at getting information out there regarding gaming and like sort of the nerd culture in general that surrounds gaming. I mean, I can't really think of a bigger outlet when it comes to like the meet the social media aspect. of mm-hmm. it. So I, un- I understand both sides, but I mean, if I had to choose a side, I would maybe say, well, if you're going to be in the industry, play the game. Sure. Uh, maybe do so like a little bit closer to the vest than you have been so far. Mm-hmm. Kind of. I don't know. It's hard to explain. It is. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's just weird. You don't want them to set a precedent. You know? Right, right, right. You don't You don't want them to be like, oh, well, if we're going to get blacklisted, then let's not have an obligation to our readers. Sure. Let's, let's prioritize. You don't want other companies questioning their decisions. Right. And there are companies out there that are more open to it, obviously, because, mm-hmm. I mean, Kotaku has broken tons of information that's not necessarily, like, released by the company. So, I don't know. It's a... It's a tough call. That being said, I'll gladly step into the position that Kotaku is leaving behind for those two companies. <laughs> if Ubisoft and Bethesda want to get in touch, holler. <laughs> uh, I have two freakouts. The first of which is something Volpe and I experienced yes. uh, the other day. We knew that the Nuka Cola Quantum yep. was coming out in Target stores right. for uh, the release of Fallout 4. We didn't realize how in demand it was going to be. We knew it was going to be popular for right. sure, but selling out by like 10 a.m., if not earlier. I went to the closest target I could get to because mm-hmm. I went in and I like walked around. I'm like, All right, maybe I missed the display. It's not by the video games. It's not in the soda. Mm-hmm. I can't even find any Jones soda. So I'm like, where is it? So I just stopped a random kid who worked there and I was like, hey, where's that limited edition soda for Fallout? And he goes, oh. Yeah, we sold out in three minutes. I was like, what do you, he's like, there was a line at the door and they all just grabbed everything they could and they left. And I bet a lot of that is becoming people selling it on yeah. eBay. And I'm like, he was like, there were people buying just like six, seven, eight, nine yeah. cases. At they a had time. no limits on how right. much you could buy. I was like, well, are you getting more? He goes, I don't know. It's up to the studios, I yeah. guess, the game studio. Now, I did some research on this, too, because I had checked on the Target app to see, and it was sold out all over the place except for Boston when I checked. And then by the end of the day, that was gone, too. Because I wasn't there at, like, 10. So the store had been open for an hour. Yeah. It wasn't anything crazy. But there were some stores that were getting, like, a case. Right. That was a problem. There were stores where the employees were selling it out before any actually went on sale at the store. That was another problem. And then those employees are going and selling it on eBay. That's another issue. There, there obviously is a huge demand for it. Yeah. So Bethesda is already looking into making more, which yeah. I hope they can. But well, it's a matter of Jones Soda just putting their label right. on the next batch of the blue 
soda. Right, That's but they, they have to work that out. Though. Right. They can't just sell as much as they want. No, there but clearly been... there was a demand for yeah, it. So, yeah. I mean, Jones Soda should be like, oh, my God, this is going to push our brand even more. Yep. Yeah, so they were just there was a lot of shenanigans going on. That's too Hopefully bad. they'll learn their lesson though, because a lot of places won't let employees buy stuff like that, right. and that's definitely how it should go. I mean, yeah. that's ridiculous. Yeah, there were a lot of reports on I thought, Reddit. You know, I would expect this that. out of Walmart, but for a classy establishment <laughs> like Target, I'm shocked. Right, I know exactly. Uh, so that was kind of a big bummer. I mean, it was going three dollars a bottle too. Was it? Yeah. Oh, I don't care. I just wanted one bottle yeah. to drink and one bottle to leave on my shelf exactly. until it turned a different color. Exactly <laughs> what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. I just For, wanted I don't two care bottles. If it mold. It was going to sit there. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's all I wanted. So we're hoping for uh, another yeah. batch of those. I, with the popularity, I'd be surprised if they didn't, honestly, but mm. we'll see. Uh, the other one kind of relates to your freak out of the indoor kids mm-hmm. because it's someone that. I'm super excited for their success, mm-hmm. but kind of bummed because yeah. it's taking something away from us. The past couple of years, myself, Volpe, mm-hmm. and Mikey have had the tradition of going to mm-hmm. the Pete Holmes Thanksgiving show because it's always been good. Pete grew up uh, in Massachusetts and he comes back for Thanksgiving every year and does. It's happened the last three years. We've mm-hmm. gone the last two. We missed it the first. And he comes home for Thanksgiving and does a show at the Paradise in Boston. And it's a wonderful show. I love Pete Holmes live. He's such a fucking good comedian, knows how to work a crowd, knows like what the people want and gives it to them. And then some fantastic performer. And unfortunately, that show is not happening this year. Yeah, I was like surprised, but I didn't hear from you at all. Right, about it. right. There was no I, mention. I'm like, all right, Thanksgiving is coming. And Rob hasn't said anything. No. Nope. I was like, yeah, maybe he's not going. I looked into it. I did some research and I didn't hear anything until Pete actually sent a tweet out himself saying like, sorry, Boston, no show this year because I'm not coming home for Thanksgiving because I'm filming my pilot for HBO. Yeah. Ooh. So he is uh, working on a series that is called Crashing. It is a semi-autobiographical series directed by Judd Apatow that follows the real-life experiences of comedian Pete Holmes, who slept on other New York City comedians' couches after his wife left him. So that did happen in real life, and he did kind of couch hop between all his comedian friends. And it'll be interesting for a TV show like this because it means that every episode he could be on a different comedian's couch. Yeah. So we're going to see like all these guest stars popping in from all his comedy friends and everything. And I'm very excited for the show, but super bummed that we're not getting the Thanksgiving right, show this year. Bad. So yay, Pete, but <laughs> good for you. Boo for us. Exactly. I mean, we'll, we'll get to see the show when it comes out. I'm sure. And it'll be wonderful. I have no doubt, but at the same time, I, I will miss the show this year, but we will, uh, return next year if it happens next year. Hey, Amazon users, if you'd like to help support the show, please go to thegeekgeneration.com and click on the Amazon button, which will bring you right to the Amazon homepage. If you make a purchase after using this link, you've helped the show by earning us a commission, and it won't cost you any extra money. Please use this link for all your future Amazon shopping. With The Force Awakens hitting theaters soon, The Random Movie Club is dedicating December to the original Star Wars trilogy. Make sure to listen all month for episodes discussing A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. Head to thegeekgeneration.com rmc or search for Random Movie Club on iTunes and subscribe for free. 
Hey, this is John DiMaggio, and you're listening to The Geek Generation. Oh, yeah, baby. All right, freakouts over. More Oreo time. I feel like we have an Oreo yeah. taste test like every episode. Well, because now. Oreo okay. is pumping out limited edition flavors every week. Insanely. It's pretty crazy. I think it was like one here, one there. Yeah. And now it's every month there's two flavors. Yep. Last week we did our gingerbread. This week we are doing the peppermint Oreo, which I'm curious to see how different from just the mint Oreo mm. it's going to be. I'm thinking it's going to be more candy cane flavor. It certainly smells it. Oh boy! <laughs> and it's it is and it, it's red. the The frosting is red. Yep, so, that's so we have what's a, a leading nice leading me to think candy cane, reddish pinkish frosting. We uh, th- I'm happy to see a limited edition that's actually using the chocolate wafer because that doesn't always happen. Actually, it probably happens more mm. infrequently than frequently. Oh yeah, total candy cane. Oh, a very oh, soft cream. Oh, I like this. A very Soft cream, very yeah. pepperminty, and Nabisco. I'm still waiting on the uh, the sponsorship. Right. I mean, really, <laughs> th- this is getting ridiculous. That sweet, sweet Oreo money. <laughs> we had them until we dissed the brownie. And mm. went, nope. Even if you just want to send us free Oreos yeah. to taste, like I'm fine with that. Yeah, we'll review all your Oreos. Mm-hmm. It's good. I think it smells more strongly than it tastes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not actually getting the flavor that much. Right. It's more the smell. I mean, it totally smells like a candy cane. I was expecting a York peppermint patty. Right. Yeah. Kind of right. levels. Mm. It doesn't taste all that different to the mint one. Mm. I think it's more about appearance than anything. Not bad, though. I like how the mint kind of cuts through everything. Mm-hmm. You know but it? it tastes like the picture of the candy on the front. Yeah. yeah. They did a good job. Mm-hmm. It's I'm accurate. glad they went with the... the Chocolate cookie versus mm. the vanilla. Mm-hmm. Ditto. Continues the theme of subtle enough, yet not too powerful. Like, it has that nice balance of flavor. It still very much tastes like an Oreo, which is kind of cool, too. And I think mm-hmm. it's because of that chocolate cookie part. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have another one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've eaten a lot of Oreos. <laughs> There's not a lot of things I'm certain of, but there are <laughs> some things. Definitely ate. Yep. I know that I'll pay taxes. I'm going to die and I ate a lot of Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Wolfer Brimlick. I took I a, have um, diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my husband took a two and a half mile walk this morning, and he's got this app on his phone that tells him like all this stuff, and it, it compares your calorie intake. So it, we burned off four Oreos yeah. this morning. So I can eat four because well, I walked this morning. <laughs> I can eat four. It's crazy how. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two and a half miles. Yeah, yeah. yeah all yeah. right. <laughs> hey, Rob, just out of curiosity, what do you do with all these Oreos that you get stuck with? Because you've had a lot of packages of Oreos, it and depends. we haven't all taken one. Yeah, it, it depends on the type of Oreo and how much I like yeah. it. If it's something like the coconut ones that I really enjoyed, I'll eat those over the course of a couple weeks. Oh, uh, He gave me a bag of the red velvet ones. If I don't like See, them, <laughs> someone else anything. takes them I usually. yeah. I will definitely, like, yeah, if I'm not a big fan, I'll find someone to give them to. Because I don't want them going to waste. Yeah. I don't like that. Although I will say the caramel apple ones yeah. sat here for so long that I just chucked them. That, uh, nobody liked those. Those like, were why? disgusting. Mm. They didn't taste anything like caramel apples. No, they taste like banana. I still think my favorite's the cotton candy. I just think they nailed that. Yeah. But these are good. These are mm. good. I like them. Can't they, say they're drastically different than the mint Oreo, but they're fine. I think they just give that little tiny little itty bitty hint of Christmas. It's yeah. not like overwhelming Christmas cookie, but it's just like, hey, that's an Oreo. Oh, it's a Christmas Oreo. Sure. Mm. And the red coloring definitely helps out. 
So if you take this, the mint is uh, a green one, so you can really put together a Christmas Whoa. Oreo. If you and you can cover them with white fudge. Uh-huh. Oh, Rob. Ooh. Oh, boy. There we go. <laughs> I have my assignment for the season. Uh-huh. You should put, like, a drizzle of green on the red ones and then a drizzle of red on the oh, green ones. Oh, my goodness. What are you doing? All the ideas. So many <laughs> Keep ideas. Keep going, Anna. So many cookie plans. <laughs> and then if you sell a package of them, you should just sell it with a shot of insulin. <laughs> yes. I know, right? <laughs> To cover all no our way bases. your body's going to produce enough. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nope. Your body's like, oh my God. <laughs> Too much. Mm. Okay. That was good. Uh, we've got our reviews to do. So, Anna, you have a TV show for us. Yeah, I watched Into the Badlands, mm-hmm. which yes. Paul and I talked about mm. a couple episodes ago when the trailer came out. looked awesome. It's on AMC, right? Yes, it's on AMC. It, the shit out of I don't one. know when it's normally going to air because honestly, if it's going to push back Talking Dead for the rest of the only season, only for four weeks. Well, there's only two more episodes of Walking Dead. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, they all right. Hardwick had said that it was getting wedged in for the next four weeks well, or something. Definitely awkward to watch Walking Dead, then Into the Badlands, then go back to the Walking Dead. That's sure, weird. Sure. But anyway, I would say it's like one and a half thumbs up. Okay, the out only of two thumbs. Okay. I have, I <laughs> have two thumbs. Hey, I don't judge. <laughs> um, maybe like one and three quarters. No, I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm really excited about the environment and the character development and the really just the universe they created yep. is super unique. Mm-hmm. We got a little bit of a hint of something that I didn't get during the trailer, which is it's almost so there's like you haven't seen the trailer. Just watch it. All right. Hang on a second. Two. Okay, you're back. So you just saw the trailer. <laughs> this was not and, real time. <laughs> and so there's seven barons, and they basically rule this area. But what it was kind of cool. So like the baron that the main character works for is sort of like a mix between feudal Japan and like the deep south because mm-hmm. he lives on like a plantation. And then this other baron, who's the only other one you meet during the pilot, she almost looked like she had like a twenties. Like she was in like an old timey car, right, right. and then her fighters were had like bowler hats and like their swords looked like canes so it's mm-hmm. almost like each baron's gonna have its own style which is really visually cool and i yeah. can't wait to meet the other ones and see what style they're in the only complaint i really had was the dialogue was a bit rough at times yeah. it was mm-hmm. pretty cheesy um also a pilot so we gotta, also give, a pilot, them, we gotta yeah. give them some and uh, i think points. they were trying to not confuse anybody and just make everything real point blank sure point one point two point three as clearly as possible to yep. establish that kind of world and they did do a good job at it i just hope that the i guess it's because like the actual writing for the walking dead the dialogue is so fluid like mm-hmm. you feel like you're just sitting in a room with these yeah. people and they're talking like normal people so to watch this was just kind of very awkward the way the language was and mm-hmm. so hopefully they'll fix that like you said hopefully that was just a pilot problem but the dialogue was a little cheesy at times you're sure, like sure. ah you don't talk like a normal person <laughs> <laughs> but beautiful yes the fight coordination was amazing um, I mean, I could just watch Kung Fu every week, so I'm in. And I don't really care about the dialogue because half the time when you're watching Kung Fu, it's words at the bottom of your screen anyway, so right, right. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So overall, I really, really, really enjoyed it. Paul, did you watch it? Yes. What did you think? Um, there are a lot of things that I liked about it. The I just like the art design of like the Baron's estate. You know, having like those bright red poppy plants mm-hmm. up against like kind of like the blood red door. Totally. I love that aspect of it. Great art direction. Whoever's doing Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Right. The fight choreography was great. Um, I like the fact that 
they didn't use a whole lot of wire work. They did use some, obviously, sure. when he's like jumping up on the car and stuff like that. But I mean, there's a lot of groundwork as well. Like there's this one really cool scene in the fight in the rain where uh, Daniel Wu kind of does like this turn around a pole. Like he slides around the pole yeah. and comes back to counter the guy that I thought that was really cool. I just like the cinematography of it too. It was really nice. Like he stabs the guy, the sword comes out and then you see the blade with the rain falling in slow mm-hmm. motion and the blood on the tip. And then that same kind of scene, I really like the uh, interior car shots. Yes. Yes. And yes. you see the people fighting on the outside yeah. of it. That yeah. was very nice. You can tell that it, the guy that did crouching tiger basically, because it wasn't chaotic. Like, mm. you know, when you watch, I don't know, Transformers and you don't know what's going on because it's so just like boom, yeah. boom, boom, fists, da, da, da. This was like a dance yep. and you yeah. could see everything that was happening and you could follow the fight. Mm-hmm. It was just so well done. Sure. Like the one thing I didn't like about it though was, I mean, and it's kind of, you can chalk it up to Daniel Wu being, you know, more in China than he is in America. It was that like, I kind of felt like his dialogue was real blocky like is that's it, what kind of i was complaining about like yeah it, yeah it wasn't like <laughs> i hate to say this but it wasn't like somebody who speaks fluent english mm-hmm. kind of you know you definitely know that english is a second language yeah which is fine but i mean it's like his his cadence like when he's talking it's like it kind of he down talks a little bit but then brings it back out to an even plane okay it's it's just really it's just something that when i heard it i was just like it kind of took me out of the experience a little sure, bit sure which, I mean, granted, this show is not going to really be about dialogue. It's going to be about fighting, fighting. Yeah. sword and, fighting. Like, And luckily, he's incredibly handsome. So, yeah. I mean, it just sort of makes that all okay, yeah. too. <laughs> like, he just has, like, yeah, like a lot of my, like, like my wife and her friends are all like, oh, Daniel Wu. Like, oh. I was kind of like, whoa, Daniel Wu. Like, yeah. yeah. Shirt oh. came off. I'm in. I'm like, oh, fuck this guy. <laughs> I could take him. He's, Come on. He's, he's a handsome fella. Seriously. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I really like the idea that um, the barons are all kind of dependent on each other. Mm-hmm. They kind of explore that in the first episode when they yeah. say, like, oh, if, the, if you cross the widow, we'll never get the oil that we need to process our poppy. Yeah. I like the idea that this world is intertwined. It's not just seven sort of kingdoms. Sure, up, sure. Know? Yeah, I like that, so too. I like that that interplay that's going to be, you know, the relationships between the barons and how that's going to work out. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm in. I'm not going to cool. stop. Bobby, did you watch? I did not. Oh, okay. No. I'm still behind on The Walking Dead. That's right. I started a new TV series which we'll talk about. So yeah, yeah. I don't know that I can handle another one. <laughs> I am trying, but so much maybe done. I'll watch the pilot. And- to its credit, I mean, it's really low impact. I mean, there's not a yeah. whole lot of story that you're going to be. Uh, they might get into it later on. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the, they will. The yeah. pilot is basically like. It's a showcase. <laughs> yeah. It's, it is. It's, which is kind of what a pilot should be. Yeah. So it made sense. It's to meant that. to showcase the action. Yeah. So. You know, I enjoyed it, too. I thought it was a really good show. Yeah. Um, This might be one that I'm in for as well. I found the first fight kind of ridiculous, mm. but I think they were establishing the world and what they can do within it and what they're going to be able to get away with. So it, there was some cool stuff. You go like, oh, that was an awesome action movie-ish type kind of mm. thing, something you would remember, even if it was a little over the top. Yeah. Uh, and the thing that really threw me off guard was the kind of supernatural element that we see with one of the characters. I was not expecting yeah. anything. No, I didn't. They like didn't that. show that in the trailer like yeah. at all. They had no idea that was going to happen. But I'm I'm interested. Yeah, I want to know what it's all about, and it does. 
now open the door for more things like that within the show. Right. I don't know if it's going to be something that comes in a lot, but I think that's what I was most impressed with. Like I was saying at the beginning that just the universe, they, in one hour, they set all these things up, like where Sonny's from mm-hmm. being the same place that where's his kids from. And that's outside the Badlands. And then this kid has this thing. And then there's the other, the other five barons we haven't met yet. And sure. it's like you understand everything really well and you can't wait to find out more and yeah. where it's going to go. Yeah. You know, they did a great job of going like, we got all this shit. Are you ready? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, it was just really cool. Yeah. World building is not easy to do. And they did a really nice job. Yeah. Of it. In a short amount of time. Totally. And to AMC's credit, I think they're doing a good job with their programming schedule because you have a complex story driven show like The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And then right after you've got that immediate relief of just like mostly action but some story sure. sort of like mental relief of what just happened it's like a, a, taking a breather yeah basically yeah. Yeah. walking dead will stress you out yes yeah. it will <laughs> cool volpe you also have a tv I show i did i uh i needed to review something for the show so i was like i want to find something original mm-hmm. like i don't want to just watch like a random movie or something so i started looking to see what amazon or netflix had released mm-hmm. and i came across the man in the high castle yes and i was like i don't know what this is so i read the premise of it and i went oh i am in so it's based off of a book that came out in 1962 of the same name but by uh philip k dick who right. i should say is also responsible for things that like inspired blade runner and total recall so this guy's got some pedigree right. behind him the the basic premise is that we lost world war ii mm-hmm. so the germans and the japanese have taken over America is now split. So you watched what? the pri- I watched the pilot. I'm yeah. three episodes in out of ten. Okay. Um, but America has been divided. So the Japanese have basically everything west of the Rocky Mountains. The Nazis have taken the eastern. Like if you cut the United States in half, they have mm-hmm. the whole eastern half. And then there's like a an area in the middle called the neutral zone. That Which feels very much like it's basically between Federation Star and Romulan Trek, space. Yeah. <laughs> right. But. I don't know. You don't see it in the pilot, but you do when you get to see it. So, like, the Japanese, everything is very clean, mm-hmm. very pristine, like, kept in order. And it's cool because there's just everything is in Japanese where they took over. So, it's like, you know, they just took over and then Americans are trying to survive there. The Nazi area, so far, you've only seen New York, but it's just like mobster city it just has Mm -hmm. that feel of like they're just gonna kill you and they will they're just gonna kill random people Mm -hmm. if you're not german you're pretty much in trouble so they're wiping out asians they're wiping out black people jews like you're just and they like if you step into the nazi area you're screwed they talk about just they just burn the old people like it's literally it's just nothing's changed they've just infiltrated america yeah one of the the most powerful parts that happened in the Mm -hmm. pilot that i thought and i think it's what you're referring to is they're standing outside and the you you see there's the ideologies of the nazi Mm -hmm. movement have become commonplace in this world so they're they're standing out there there's a guy who fought in the war for us right they know they lost but he's, he's a, a police, he's officer, a police now. officer now and he has the swastika on because mm-hmm. all law enforcement does and that's just commonplace so he but he's a nice guy right and he like this this other guy's truck breaks down and he helps fix his spare like you just think nazi's evil this and is he, a, a nice guy that's and just he even says something interesting like i fought in the war he's like i don't i don't, I don't even I don't remember, remember what, what we were, were fighting, fighting for. for yeah 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 and then all of a sudden it starts kind of like snowing but like ash but like, from like a fire. But like big fat, like right. ash snow. And, and the guy, the truck driver is like, what is this? And the Nazi cop is like, oh, it's Tuesday. 
So the hospital's burning all the, the, the cripples, cripples and, uh, and the old people. And the terminally ill. Yep. Yeah. Tuesday. It's Tuesday. He goes, it's a real downer for the town or for the, for the state. Yep. And then he just gets in his car and leaves. Yeah. Like it's just commonplace. But what's interesting is that neutral zone has basically been left. It's the Wild West again. Mm-hmm. So when you see it, it's just dirty. It's gross. Nobody's like the, the people are dirty and gross. They've just been left with no supplies, no nothing trying to survive where there's basically no law. Mm-hmm. But there's also this, this theme that's starting to build of the Nazis are not going to like there's tension building now between the Japanese and the Germans, right? Which is going to lead to something bigger. But and it's also gonna, a, it's all supposed to like fall apart when Hitler dies. Right. Hitler is has Parkinson's. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they're saying his health is bad, and when he dies, whoever's taking over is going to immediately drop nukes on the West Coast and just destroy everything, and then take the land. So I don't. I mean, in ten episodes, I don't know how far they're going to go with this. But there's also an, another underlying theme that's a big part of of the show that gets multiple main characters involved together. Mm-hmm. But it's really good. Like, it's intriguing because I think we've all thought, wow, you know, mm-hmm. in history class, what if we had lost? Like, what would everyone what, loves what, a good what if story? Yeah. yeah. And this is like the ultimate what if. Yeah. And I think they do a really good job of presenting what it would probably be like. And it's a timepiece, too, because yeah. Hitler, so yeah. Hitler's still alive. So yes. it takes place in the past. That's yeah. kind of cool. For sure. Yeah. That's cool. yeah. And they get, they show you like a little glimpse of him, of whoever's playing him. And mm-hmm. he's like older. He's got his hair's turned white. And sure. You can, they're like, they mentioned like, how come his hand's always in his pocket? Cause it's constantly trembling. He's mm-hmm. trying to hide it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an interesting show. I mean, I was, I watched the pilot and went, all right, I got to keep watching. So like, I just can't wait to sit down and watch the rest of this. Yeah. Because just, I don't, I know there was one book. I don't know. I mean, they could go in so many different directions with this. Well, yeah, eventually be, they'll have to go outside of the books right. thing. I think they took the premise more than, I granted, mm-hmm. I haven't read the book, right. but I feel like they probably borrowed the premise more than anything. I just hope it continues on. It's uh, an Amazon program, so it is one of their original. Shows. I think it's a really uh, interesting concept. Did you enjoy it? I did not enough to keep going though. Really? Yeah, I felt it kind of slow. It, it established the world pretty well. I think the biggest problem in my mind is I'm not overly attached to the characters. Like I didn't really invest too much in mm-hmm. them, and I, there are no stakes to me because of that. So, like, I don't care if the Nazi states and the Japanese states bomb each other to hell. Mm-hmm. I'm not invested in either side. I don't have a dog in the fight. Yeah, technically, they're both our enemies. Right, <laughs> right. So I don't care but if they blow each other to hell. But the next couple episodes, you start to want to pick a side. Right, Well, and I'm right. guessing the, the people in the middle are going to be a revolution of some kind. I There's mean, are they... a small underlying theme of revolution, yeah. but not enough that. We could, I mean, our army has been destroyed. I right. Mean, we were right. Being, so there, it would literally be farmers taking back the country from the Nazis. Yeah. The like it's not going to happen. Yeah. The biggest hook for me, aside from the concept, was there's a big reveal at the end of the pilot that I won't say. Right. And that is the thing that makes you go, oh, okay. I didn't really see that coming. And right. that's interesting. And I'm curious where I don't even want to say. So, <laughs> but you should. So you should watch because they go into that. Okay, right away in the second. Oh episode. man, so many things. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is really good. I, I recommend that everybody at least give it a try. Sure. Okay. At least watch the pilot. Cool, Paulo. You have a movie. Yeah, uh, Spectre, the new James Bond movie. Yes. Uh, I will say this um, as kind of like a summary of my review. If uh, you were kind of fed up with the previous Daniel Craig movies, Spectre is your payoff. 
This mm. is this is where everything wraps up mm-hmm. and you get everything that is a James Bond movie and all the things that you liked about the old movies and some of the newer movies. And it's definitely a big payoff. You get everything that you wanted and all the questions or most of the questions that you had from the previous couple movies are all answered. So uh, it's obviously the Daniel Craig's last movie and uh, it kind of wraps up the storyline behind Spectre, the giant big bad organization that the previous villains have been tied to. Mm-hmm. And it reflects on, and without spoiling too much, it reflects on James Bond's past and it gives him a place to kind of close out the troublesome past that he had. So like, I mean, I don't, I don't remember from the previous movies if uh, they explored any of James Bond's uh, childhood, but not like these movies. Yeah. Did. Not really. They, with the, the past few movies, especially with Skyfall, we got to see where James Bond comes from. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's an orphan. And in this movie, we find out that, um, he had, people who cared for him not necessarily his adoptive family mm-hmm. but people who cared for him and that is a big theme in how we get to the supervillain mm-hmm. it's uh tied to christoph waltz's character who we know who it is yeah they've, they've kind of they, 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 kind of, they have i mean they everyone kind of, knows everyone kind of knew like people were like oh is he or is he not so it's it's a part of the movie so i'm not going to spoil it for anybody that's going to see it but you know who this person is Especially if you've seen the older James Bond movies with Sean Connery. Uh, it, it did a really good job of making like a classic James Bond movie without like the misogyny of a James Bond movie. Yeah. Which is kind of nice. I mean, it's not like, you know, Sean Connery slapping a girl on the ass and telling her to go away. <laughs> kind of like misogyny. It, like James Bond actually has like a relationship with the Bond girl, which is what he's actually, he's done that in the past couple of movies, right? I feel like these are the first set of Bond movies where his relationships are more than just uh, superficial for the movie and then they disappear. Like Vesper was a right. huge change of pace. Right. For the Bond movies, and then... Like, he has genuine feelings for these women, not necessarily just viewing them as playthings. Yeah, which, I don't know if this is the case for you. I actually found that to be one of the weakest parts of this movie. I didn't buy the romance. Yeah, I mean, they they don't give you a whole lot of time to establish it. You're not invested in the relationship at all, because they kind of just meet, and then all of a sudden they're in love. Right. Like, it's not... That's not very realistic, and it's also, I mean... I don't know. It, it, it's a shame that it was such a an important part of what the movie's about, mm-hmm. and they spent so little time building it properly. Yeah, they, I guess they kind of lead into it, and they think that you because of the relationship from the previous movies, and that somehow carries into this one. Sure. Like kind of like passes the baton from you know Mr. White onto the Bond girl in that, and they kind of expect you to to assume that's how it happens. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's kind of like a cheap way of building the relationship, but there's a lot of huge set pieces. Like they use all like the classic, like sort of bond cities, like yes. Rome, like yep. starts in Mexico city, but they go to Rome. World hopping's great. In yeah. This. yeah. And it's like they go to like every environment is so starkly different from the previous one. And uh, they take full advantage of all these like really old classic cities and like just, I don't know. It's a very, Bond movie. It is. You're world hopping through, and you're world hopping, and you're following James Bond through all the killing and the action mm-hmm. and everything. And uh, it really wraps up the story well. There's this one scene that did you see the movie? I did. Okay, so there's the one scene with her name is Leia Seydoux. She plays Madeline, who's the Bond girl. Mm-hmm. They're on a train, and it's a very like old fashioned, like early 1900s, like East Indian Express kind of like mm-hmm. train, and they're in the dining car and. Bond is sitting down at the table 
and she walks in through the other door and she's wearing that like pale blue dress. Mm-hmm. Now I haven't done this a whole lot, but when she walks in with that dress, I'm just like, my breath was gone. Yeah. I was like, wow, that is very, one, it's very classic bond and the beauty because mm-hmm. it's, she's done up in a very sort of like kind of a pinup way, but also very that like, it's like a super classic beauty. It's not like that's how most of them were portrayed in the movies. Right? Bond girls are for the most part, like classy yeah. girls. Yeah. yeah. And it's not sexy. Like it is sexy, but it's just like beautiful. It's not like, slutty. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. breathtaking. Right. Like you see her and you're like, wow. Like it is just like this. I, and, and that just stuck with me throughout the whole movie mm-hmm. because I didn't think of her like that up until that point. Sure. And then that, that just imagery was just like stuck with me throughout the entire movie. I mean, talking about it right now. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it was incredible. And, uh, the, the, the movie does a good job. Uh, Christoph Waltz absolutely takes over the, like, he's the last, great. like the last 45 so minutes to an hour of the movie. Mm-hmm. He just takes over. Like he establishes, awesome. like yeah. he establishes the villain. In like the first, like within that 15 minute scene mm-hmm. where he's in the room, like everybody's like, there's this air of like intimidation. Everybody knows who he is. Everybody's very fearful of him. And then the last 45 minutes, just, he's just like, I am a psychopath. <laughs> I'm going to destroy. I have, I have destroyed your life. I am responsible for everything bad that has happened. And I'm going to do it with a smile. In all face. of these movies within the Daniel Craig. Yeah. Yeah. And you believe it because he's like, you know how they say like psychopaths are not necessarily the most evil people, but for the most part, they're like the most quiet, yeah. subdued, yep. uh, very plain. Like he does that so well. Like he's just when he's talking to Bond and he's like, I've orchestrated everything in your past that was terrible. But he doesn't do it like he's very calm about yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's so scary because like, as he continues on, like it's just like, oh, my God, this guy yeah. really is a psychopath. Yep. Like I really got that feeling. Because he believes that what he did was right. Yeah. Like he's not, he knows he's not, he believes in himself. And well, yeah, he's, he's calm he, about it. He's like, he's happy. He, that he he's, definitely follows through on his motivations in a way that I is unparalleled, I mm-hmm. think, in the, the other Bond movies. Like the other villains, they kind of just did it because they were doing it. And they me? all talk a big game. Like and, they had a mission yep. and they were doing it because they were told to do it. But this guy is just like, my whole life revolves around fucking you over and i have done it successfully yeah and no one will do it better than me like you get that sense right the only the only problem i had with the movie was kind of like the plot device like mm-hmm. the whole thing with uh this sort of nsa like information gathering yeah granted yes you're doing it but for what reason right you know like and i uh, feel like we just saw it in terminator genesis yeah like it's kind of like this weird, like they're playing on the fears of, you know, like people losing out on their privacy. Like, yeah. yes, you're taking all of this information, but to what end? Yep. Classic Bond villains have done things for a penultimate reason or for an evil reason. You know, I'm going to blow up the moon or I have sharks with, you know, sharks in my pool to kill right, people. Right. Like there's a reason, like there's a, there's an evil mission. Mm-hmm. But this guy doesn't really seem to have like an evil mission other than to fuck over James Bond. Right. But his the, mission seems unrelated to kind of the, the societal threat in the movie. Yeah. Like he's doing this thing that already exists, but I guess he's doing it better, but you don't know why he's doing it. Mm-hmm. That kind of like it, it took me out of it a little bit. Yep. But Christoph Waltz was just so good. Like I so, I'm <laughs> so believed. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. I, I, I really like what they do in the, uh, it's kind of started a little bit in Skyfall and it continued through this movie is that the Daniel Craig Bond movies, more so in the, the last two of the four, have a nice balance between 
the kind of grounded, realistic Bond, because he's definitely a lot more grounded and uh, developed as a full person in these movies and having the fun kind of gadgety toy Bond from the Roger Moore mm-hmm. era like that went off the rails as far as like being goofy and stuff. Yeah. But they still work the gadgets and stuff mm-hmm. and the fun parts into this. And they're doing it with a wink a yeah. little bit. Which I kind of wish they would push the gadgets a little more. Like, I still love the Brosnan movies. Well, not all of them. Mm-hmm. Like, I love Goldeneye. That's one mm-hmm. of my favorite Bond movies still. But they're also conscious of that. Like, they they're are. conscious of what you just said. Yeah, yeah. And it's embodied in the Aston Martin. Sure. Cause so, cause so in the movie, obviously he has a Bond car and Bond cars always have Bond gadgets. But like, I don't think it's spoiling it really. <laughs> not really. But to what Rob was saying, the fact that some of the, that the gat, like the gun wasn't loaded in the car. Right. And that things weren't working. It kind of speaks to the idea that yes, we know you want all these weird gadgets right. and stuff, but that's not what this Bond movie is. Right. That's not who we are. That's what, not what Sam Mendes and Daniel Craig. They still are. worked in a couple too, though. Yeah. They still yeah. worked it in to kind of like feed the trolls almost, but yeah. like it, it was, very, it was a nod to that. It was like, we know you want it. We're not going to give you all of it, but here's a little bit of right, it. Anyway. Right. Right. And uh, I thought Batista was good. Um, I think they, the only issue I had is that he said one word in the movie. Mm-hmm. I wish he didn't. Yeah. Like it kind of like took away from his mm-hmm. evil character persona, right? And his, his villain gimmick yeah. that we saw in his introduction is only used there. Yeah. Like it doesn't get used anywhere else, which also kind of bummed me out. Like if yeah. you're going to establish something, mm-hmm. make him use it. Yeah. Like it, he might've been able to use it at one point, but it's like, yeah, it, it, the the Bond villain, like the Bond evil henchman has to have like a gimmick and that gimmick has to come into play at some point. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. No. Like it didn't happen. But I think they, they made a good use of him. You they know, did, like I think, for sure. I thought he was a great character. Like taking away, like, by taking away most of his dialogue, he became a better villain. Yeah. So. It's uh, better that Batista doesn't talk. Yeah. He's <laughs> a big muscular guy. Unless he's Drax. That's the only situation. Right. Yeah. yeah. And Guardians is pretty good. I think yeah. if you use him right, it's, I mean, it can be good. But yeah, I definitely liked it. Big payoff from all the other Bond movies. Yeah. Um, if, you know, when the, when the Blu-ray does come out, I do recommend that you see all the movies in close proximity to each other. Because there are linking things for sure. They are Especially going from Casino Royale to Quantum of Solace because the, those are like. Right after each other. Yeah. So and the the time frame they happen in. So yeah, I mean, if you, I, I guarantee you that if you see the movies in close succession, you will understand the movies more, and mm-hmm. that they will rise in quality. So yeah, for sure. But definitely go see Spectre. Are these know. the is this the first time the Bond movies like built a story upon one another? This I is the first time they were stories. They were. This is the first time it really had an arc over like four linked. movies yeah. and linked like this. Yeah. So without Bros- calling it a trilogy or a quadrilogy or whatever, yeah, they just did it. Yeah, yeah, because Brosnan was more episodic. Yeah, uh, I think mean, all the other Bonds were. I mean, you saw recurring characters mm-hmm. here and there, but yeah. they were very much standalone movies. Yeah, even even Sean Connery, like he did the most movies, but yeah, I don't think his movies were linked. No, not like, really. The same, not even, like this. Like the only people were like Jaws, basically, mm-hmm. and the other cast of characters. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's good. It's definitely good for the story. Yeah, go see it. Uh, and my review is for a movie that people can see now, but as of the time of this recording, none of you could have seen it yet because it's not actually out yet. I saw Creed. Oh, I was, I saw the trailer for this and I was like, yeah. It looks so, so good. Was it good? It was so 
good. Oh, yes. good. It was Yay. so good. Okay, show over. I don't want to know anything else. We're done. <laughs> no, no, don't worry. Don't worry. I won't. I won't. I will not spoil a single thing. The main thing that I will say about Creed is one: Michael B. Jordan is fantastic yeah. in this movie. Stallone also fantastic in mm-hmm. this movie. A lot of uh, a lot of depth to their characters, which is again where the focus should be. Yeah. For a boxing movie, not as much boxing as you'd think. Enough, not a ton. Mm. Most of the Rocky movies were like that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. they were characters. You got a fight at the beginning, and then we build to the fight at the end. Yeah. The biggest takeaway from this movie, aside from it being just really, really good, is that we've spent a lot of time talking about remakes and reboots Mm -hmm. and how much we hate what they've done and their direction they take. Creed is now the template for how to continue a franchise while respecting the original and giving it a new place to go to and a passing of the torch, not taking someone and recasting a character or anything like that they're literally passing it to someone else to move well, on to. i thought that this was just the next natural progression in the it story is because you had rocky all the way through to rocky balboa yeah which at that point he's just like hey i fought one last time right right and then which it, like, it could have so ended then there. From there it was just like a rocky son like what's and then this makes sense that it seems like the next step is that he would train Right, and, and the connection that is Apollo Creed's son. Which, that connection was built in the other movies. Right. That bond right. between so Rocky and him. They're relying on the past mm-hmm. in a good way. Right. Like, they're not just doing things for the sake of doing them. They're feeding the fans what they want. There are several moments in the movie that are reminiscent of past Rocky movies, but they don't feel wedged in there good. just to do them. They feel right. And one of the things that I really liked in this movie, too, is like you look at something like Man of Steel and we watch that and we all wanted to hear the Superman theme, the -hmm. John Williams Superman theme. Granted, I know they're doing something else, but there's a Superman theme that can elicit an emotional reaction right away. There are shades of the Rocky theme throughout the soundtrack of this. And you do hear the actual Rocky theme at one moment in the movie. You want it so bad. <laughs> and when they give it to you, it's the right moment and oh, the right good. choice. So they, they did use all the things from the past. And I think that's kind of the, the thing I'm saying mm-hmm. over and over again. They really respected the source material. They set the stage for a character that you now care about maybe as much, if not more than Rocky. Mm-hmm. And they also made a standalone, just great boxing movie good, good so they they nailed everything they possibly could have nailed on Yay. this one and i was very very happy mm-hmm. with it awesome i gotta go see it yeah i gotta go find time to see it yep how am i gonna see it <laughs> <laughs> yeah when i first saw the trailer and i heard that it was coming out around thanksgiving i was real psyched because my, my in-laws are from philadelphia or from pennsylvania and so getting to see that movie in the environment it's I don't know. It's kind of like mm-hmm. a, it seems like it'd be more like I'd be more hyped for it. And I'm glad that it's a great movie. Cause mm-hmm. I love Michael B. Jordan. He's fantastic. Yeah. He's good in just about everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Not to say like I, I say fantastic and that's not a pun in any way. <laughs> shape, or form, Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's something we'll talk about in the future because we are very long this week very and long. we are going to wrap things up. So final thoughts is something you would like to plug Mike Volbe. Follow me on Instagram. Mike from the gym. That's Anna. the only one. Today. 
<laughs> okay, I'm going to get this right this time. So you have to go to thegeekgeneration.com yes. and click on the Amazon <laughs> link. Because apparently do. the other HTML web address doesn't work. But Christmas is coming, so use it. Paulo? Uh, nothing to plug. Happy Thanksgiving. Remember, I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, time travels hard. It is difficult. <laughs> and it's okay. Uh, yeah. We don't hide it that much, so <laughs> they know what's going on. Uh, to see everything else we do, head on over to thegeekgeneration.com. If you use iTunes, please rate the show and write a review. We always appreciate those. You can like us at facebook.com slash thegeekgeneration and follow at geekgeneration on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Night Angel. Support the show by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash support. You can send emails to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. We'll be back next week with more geeky stuff for you, and we'll see you then later. Make it so.